0: and welcome everybody to the Andrew Cooperwriter show of course I'm your host Andrew Cooperwriter remember that Louisville superintendent who got a $75,000 raise just a few weeks ago well <laughs> that superintendent's bus plan in Jefferson County Public Schools had children getting home as late as 10 o'clock at night or sorry 958 at night Mitch McConnell indicates he is completely uninterested in beating Biden. Finally, I'll go over what I did to upset the left this week. We'll have all that and more coming up. But first, please like, comment, share, subscribe, Uh, all those things. I say it every show. Please do it. Hit that share button. Comment uh, all throughout, all the parts you like, you don't like. Give me the feedback you want to give. Unless, of course, um, well... Just tell me I'm doing a great job. I don't want to hear tell me I'm doing a bad job. I don't care. Uh, But Give me all the feedback uh, you can on the stories, what you like, what you don't like about the stories. If you're listening to this in the podcast format, please leave a review. You can leave a review on both Spotify and Apple, I believe, and Amazon and iHeart, wherever you're listening at. Uh, Leave that review. Make sure you've subscribed and also have signed up for notifications. And be sure to be sharing this podcast with others. As I said uh, several times over, word of mouth is the number one way to get this information out there and the takes, the stories, the information we cover. Uh, you don't typically hear else uh, elsewhere. You're certainly not getting the kind of in-depth discussion that we have on these topics. Well, starting us out first, the Jefferson County Public Schools, that's Louisville, Superintendent, If you remember, as I said at the top, he got a raise not that long ago of $75,000, a massive, massive raise. And uh, that was because he was just doing such a wonderful and amazing job. Well, for those of you who are unaware, Jefferson County Public Schools was having quite a lot of busing issues towards the end of last year. A lot of this was due to uh, busing driver shortage, they claim. Uh, within the system. We'll talk about that here in a second. But they had all these issues. So they came into this year because they, they had students not making it in. I, I, at one point, imagine this, they were paying parents to get their own kids to school, paying some, child, some parents thousands of dollars to get their children to school. So they would be responsible for making sure their children got to school, whether that was hiring an Uber, putting them on a different bus, a public bus, what have you just was giving them money to get their own kids to school and this was quite an issue and so this year they decided to create a new busing plan now they had early indications that this busing plan wasn't going to work what do i mean by that well parents would log in to the website the bus finder website and they would discover that the child's drop-off time in the morning was later than the school even started Uh, It was clear that this plan, as laid out, wasn't going to work. However, despite the obvious issues with the plan, obvious issues with getting it handled, they progressed forward. In fact, there was so much confusion over the bus schedule and questions about it, such as kids being picked up from different spots, so an elementary school kid being picked up in a different bus stop area than a high school kid, so on and so forth, that they Put out a special hotline for you to call uh, if you had questions about the busing. And well, uh, of course, many people did, and wait times were over four hours long. So this was already brewing to be cr- quite a problem. Well, day, first day of school comes, and big surprise, kids are late to school. Well, after that arrival, the superintendent held a press conference, and what did he blame it on in that press conference? Well, he mainly blamed it on largely due to um, traffic issues. So he he's quoted saying, "We had to make some tough choices." JCPS superintendent addresses busing issues. Doctor Marty uh, Polio largely credits bus delays on the first day of school to rush hour traffic. As if he, I I, I guess because they changed up some start times, it was heavier traffic than they thought it was. Though one would imagine if you are putting in place a new bus plan, you would have buses for maybe, I don't know. And maybe it's because I'm in private business. And maybe it's because I'm not an idiot. But I would take these bus drivers and maybe have them like run the route. At the time, they would run the route. Have them leave the bus garage. At the time that they would normally leave the bus garage and complete the route in the time that it would normally take them to complete the route. So that way you get a feel for, oh, is this working or is it not with current traffic load? In fact, I probably would have done that a few months out and had them run through it a few times, looked at the uh, time it took to do that, see if it was going to work or not. If it was going to be too long, what did we have to do to readjust? How could we make this more efficient? But instead of apparently practicing it or doing it, they decided to go ahead and throw them to the wolves. And and this is all stated, remember to prevent them from missing out on school. So the morning comes says, it's just traffic. I don't think it was just traffic though, because come that afternoon when they were dropping off students, uh, they ran late again. In fact, the last student to be dropped off was dropped off at 9 58 PM. Now, I don't know about you, but the traffic issues at 10 o'clock at night are generally not that bad. Now, I know Louisville's a different animal uh, than Lexington or other parts of uh, around the, the, the state. But I have to imagine rough out, rush hour traffic at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night is really not that big of a deal. But uh, I guess maybe that's it. Or maybe it's that you failed to properly plan for this this process. You didn't have them do their dry runs. You didn't have them run through it. Instead, you threw it together however you wanted to. And they blame this largely on, in their first uh, defense, is saying like, look, we've got a lot of bus driver shortages. And maybe that's the case. But as any employer will tell you, the number one way to make your shortages worse, have this kind of hectic first days. Because how many bus drivers are going to deal with these kinds of issues? without raising their hand. And how much do you want to bet? Because I bet quite a lot. Because once again, I run businesses, I run companies. I have dozens of employees. I know how they think and operate. Um, I've been an employee. I know how I thought and operated. And chances are, and you and I both know this, that the bus drivers had voiced their concerns for months. If this plan was out for months, it doesn't seem like it was, but they'd voiced their concerns over this so-called plan and they didn't listen to them. And that kind of frustration within drivers causes a fair amount of them to quit. I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to see this a driver shortage get even worse because of improper management. But regardless, uh, putting that to the side, driver shortages. But then you should still be aware. I, I, I think trying to pass the buck onto driver shortages or traffic is just frankly false. It shouldn't be a surprise that the last student was dropped off at nearly 10 p.m. at night. Because if you'd done your proper practice and your proper testing of going through the routes several times so the bus drivers were aware of it and you were aware of the timing like you should have been doing for the last several weeks, well, then nothing should be a shock at all. It should be well aware of what's going to happen or not. So either you sent them out there knowing they wouldn't get home till 10 o'clock or you're just horrible at planning. I certainly don't think that's behavior deservant of a $75,000 raise. So how do they respond? What are they going to do? Well, uh, they've said they're going to take off the next two days and use those four days because they're taking off uh, yesterday and today, so Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday. And in, in, in those four days, they're going to reassess and reevaluate their busing plans. It's not. I mean, geez, I know school days do creep up on you. I mean, I know it's real shocking that school starts on exactly the day you scheduled it to start. And, you know, it's not like you've had several months of kids not needing bus where you could have looked at this plan and made the adjustments. In fact, I find it frankly shocking that you think, oh, I need four more days now to reevaluate and figure this out. What have you been doing the last several months and weeks? Not practicing it? I mean, just I'm just thinking of the mechanics here. Honestly, what could have happened on that day to make it so vastly different? Unless somebody called out, but they're not talking about that. And obviously the long-term solution is to fix your driver shortage. Part of that, large part of that, doesn't have to do with pay per se, as much as it has to do with the working environment. Let's face it, many of these kids are out of control. How many stories do we see recently of young high school students, middle school students, getting into brawls on the bus? I mean, how many stories are we seeing of young kids' uh, mob actions in the streets? We saw that here recently in New York City. Uh, of course, we've seen uh, these types of young adult violence in cities like Louisville recently, as much as Bashir wants to hide from it. I mean, let's not forget that Bashir just conveniently forgot a hundred murders that happened in Louisville in order to try to make his stats look good. But putting that to the side. You're dealing with these children who are just not well-behaved. And there's a real problem there that we have to deal with as a society, not as a government, it's not the school's job, it's not the government's job, but we as a society, because this issue is being caused by simply bad parents. Or perhaps maybe the schools should spend more time trying to figure out how they're going to get the kids to school on time in a reasonable amount than they spend debating whether or not they're going to follow the new transgender law in Kentucky. I mean, let's keep in mind this same district that gives this guy this raise that can't get their busing right has taken several board meetings to figure out whether or not biological boys are allowed to use women's bathrooms because truth be told, that was a greater concern to them. In fact, I had to guess in the main administrative building, they didn't spend a lot of time talking about the busing, clearly, as the problem put out. They concerned more with being able to go ahead and uh, fight back on a law that they don't like from the state because it requires them to tamp down their leftist far left beliefs and treat students like students, not like their children for you to indoctrinate and shape into your viewpoints instead of their parents. Though it is funny to see Jefferson County public schools, a system that's having issues with busing had no problems. Busing, several busloads of children to the Capitol in order to protest that same law, Senate Bill 150. They're just this last spring. If you would remember, Dresden County public schools is the school district that bust in several busloads of children to protest on that bill. They didn't have a trouble finding bus drivers that day. Almost like if something's important enough to them, they will get it handled. It just turns out that getting kids to school on time isn't an important enough item to them. So what happens here? Do they make the necessary adjustments? Well, one, if they're able to drastically change this in four days, it really just proves my point. They failed to properly prepare. They failed to take the time they needed to to make sure that one of the basic functions of a public school system bussing kids to school and then teaching them and then bussing them home worked properly. If they're really able to fix this in just four days. Regardless, I hope it gets better. I do. Because these children don't need to be getting home at that time. Parents left in horrible situations and simply having two quote unquote snow days. That's how they're categorizing them Just because you're Administration of your schools has no clue what they're doing is awful and horrific. I know that if I was a parent, I'd be asking Jefferson County Public Schools why they gave him that $75,000 raise to their superintendent in the first place. Can he do one of the basic functions of school at all? Well, coming up after this, uh, Mitch McConnell has come out and said that he is not super on board with this whole impeach Biden thing. He he doesn't like it. We'll go over his remarks and how that ties into a greater issue going on in our politics after this. McConnell warns House GOP on Biden impeachment. He says it's not good for the country. Well, McConnell, you know what's not good for the country? The Trump indictments. I mean, honestly, what does McConnell expect to happen as more and more evidence becomes clear on Biden. I mean, at the end of the day, people's frustrations, they want to feel like the government's working for them. And I understand that there is party politics of of parties going against each other. But the point is, is that the Republicans are electing the Republicans to politically fight for them on their behalf in D.C., And that means doing things like holding Biden accountable if he's done something illegal or wrong. Especially when you have these Trump indictments going on. I mean, frankly, we've never seen this before. Not only have we never seen a president being indicted like this, but looking at those cases, any reasonable attorney looking at many of these cases says they are iffy at best. They're trying novel case law tying together things that they normally can't i mean take his indictments over january 6th quote-unquote they're not really indicting him over january 6th because nothing he did on january 6th was actually illegal what they're trying to get him on is quote-unquote pushing forward a lie i'm putting that in quotations that the election was somehow stolen putting that in quotations that he knew was wrong. That's the key part, that he knew was wrong. Taking a president to court to try to prove what he thought was true. And I understand you Democrats and liberals out there that for some reason are listening to this podcast still at this point. All I can assume is you're being paid to do so to keep tabs on what I'm saying for some odd reason. But I understand That you may think to yourself, I just want to get Trump. I understand that is your push. But at the same time, ask yourself this. Should it really be illegal? Are you you really willing to have court cases over trying to look inside somebody's heart and soul to figure out whether or not they really knew something to be true or not? Because that's what they're asking for. Is that the kind of precedent you really want to set in law? Because we're going far outside the bounds. Or the case in New York City, trying out novel legal theories to try to get Trump. If you're trying a president and you want to criminally charge him, you better be sure you're not trying out novel legal theories. I mean, look at Nixon, right? He had to step down. Never criminally charged. And then the documents case. You can't have the Hillary Clinton issue and then the Trump issue. On top of that, there is case law that says if a president leaves the White House with documents, they're automatically declassified. I'll have a greater discussion, probably on the Trump stuff at some later date with an attorney friend of mine, but that's besides the point. Here's the deal, McConnell. You can't have these things going on with Trump while... Biden is clearly involved in some pay-for-play antics with Hunter Biden and not see repercussions. And I have a crazy idea. See, I was a person, I was one of the few people who filed a citizen's impeachment against Andy Bashir. I believe that if a president or an individual in office knowingly violates the Constitution or knowingly violates the law, knowingly, that they should be impeached for it. Because I believe there should be repercussions for their actions. And so does McConnell. Let's keep in mind, as he's telling the House GOP on the Biden impeachment, that's not good for the country, what did he have to say about the Trump impeachments? When the second impeachment got handed down. Oh, he said Trump was guilty in his opinion. If you remember what he said from the floor, he believes Trump's responsible for January 6th, despite Trump telling them to protest peacefully. See, McConnell just doesn't like the fact that people showed up for Trump because nobody shows up for McConnell. That's what he was really upset about. They were only there because Trump called them there for a rally. And that upsetted McConnell. And he is mad that somebody has that much political power quote unquote, with the people directly that don't have to go through gatekeepers like McConnell to get it. That's what he was upset about. But he still said he holds Trump accountable. He didn't say impeachment was necessarily improper in the situation. He just said he didn't think they had the jurisdiction to impeach a not currently sitting president. That's it. Did he mention anything about tearing the country apart to impeach Trump? No, he didn't. And there's a simple reason why I think he's having a double standard. I mean, could it be that McConnell or other senators are guilty of similar issues? I mean, McConnell entered office as one of the least wealthy senators and is now one of the most wealthy in the Senate. Now, a large part of his wealth didn't necessarily come from him directly. You can actually pretty well track where his wealth came from. And there's at one point where it really shot up and it came after the death of his wife's father. And money was left to his wife, and there were some investment accounts put into McConnell's name. In fact, McConnell himself's net worth uh, pales in comparison to his wife's net worth, which is pretty significant. She was already wealthy when she met McConnell. However, let me ask you this. Do you think she married McConnell for his great looks? I mean, maybe they came across each other as... They do because they're both involved in politics and she came to know him that way. And perhaps there's a nice love story there. But the question is, would he be in that position because or not? Because he was a senator. Most likely, that's why. Would she have married him if he wasn't a senator? Would she have even met him? I don't know. I can't tell the future. And and, and I'm not going to judge their relationship in that way. I'm not going to claim there's not love there between them. I've never seen anything to the contrary to make me think there's not love there. It's not my place or my responsibility. But, let, but after they got married, she continued to work. She was on many boards. In fact, at one point, she was the transportation secretary for the United States of America. Do you think all those opportunities would have been offered to her if she wasn't McConnell's wife? In the same way that Hunter Biden's opportunities were offered to him because he was Joe Biden's son. I mean, in much the same way that the allegations from Biden is that uh, Biden was receiving money through his son peddling influence. Do, do you think that the same thing doesn't go on with a husband-wife couple? I mean, it, it's even easier. You just pay the wife. She makes the money, passes it on to the husband. See, we, when we look at it, we see many senators, politicians, could be involved in similar schemes where their wives, sons, relatives are getting positions of power in order to be able to have the ear of the politician. I mean, take a look in Kentucky. Take a look at our Senate Majority Leader, Senator Damon Thayer. Damon Thayer uh, controls a lot of what's heard on the floor. On top of that, he's in charge of the horse racing committee, the committee in charge of regulating our horse industries in Kentucky. Do you know what Damon Thayer's day job is? He's a consultant to the horse racing industry. Do you think the millions of dollars that he's received from the horse racing industry for his consulting would have been given to him if he wasn't a current sitting state senator that was specifically in charge of regulating that industry? But hey, it's all in the up and up. I mean, it's not strictly illegal. Unless, of course, there was a direct ask made and then Biden effectuated that. But if you dig in there and and you think about it that way, you could probably find a lot of situations where that goes on. I mean, after all, look at Nancy Pelosi and her stock trades. Clearly using the information she's receiving to enrich herself. Perhaps McConnell... Doesn't care as much about the country as much as he cares about the American people just needing to sit down, stop asking questions, stop paying attention. Because if you pay attention to what's going on with Biden, and you pay attention to what money flow that's going on there, well, that may be going on all across the Senate. I mean, after all, for decades. Longer than that, it has been the policy of both our federal and state governments to cut sweetheart deals to the same people that line the coffers of their campaign accounts and sometimes their pockets. I mean, that's the real uniparty that everyone talks about. I hear people talk about the uniparty and the D's and R's are all in it together. The D's and R's are both united in an idea, at least. The establishment uniparty ones that they need to take money from our pockets and spend on the items that they think are good investments. Look here in Kentucky. Recently, Wave Three ran a story that was called Governor Bashir Takes Tour as Public Gets First Look Inside Blue Oval SK Battery Plant. And this is a quote from the article It didn't just put us on the map overnight, it made us a leader, Bashir said. While touring, one of the two massive buildings where the batteries for Ford electric vehicles will be assembled. And these plants up and operational are only going to bring in more suppliers, more jobs, and more national attention to Kentucky. A 5.8 billion investment and a promise of thousands of jobs are numbers that are hard to beat. Governor Andy Beshear is counting on that to win re-election as the Blue Oval Battery Park continues to take shape. Now, we as Kentuckians, you the taxpayer, gave that company Almost half a billion, $410 million out of our pockets. That's not even including tax carve-outs. That is cash, free land, free training for employees. To do what? Build a plant that really won't bring economic success to Kentucky other than causing us to trade jobs. See, we're at an all-time low unemployment rate in Kentucky. Where are we going to find the people to work the jobs? We need, quote-unquote, unemployment. People who don't have jobs to fulfill these jobs coming in. Otherwise, we're not creating jobs, we're trading jobs. And this is only creating a further divide and creating those two classes, really, I guess you'd call it three classes, of citizens. An ultra-wealthy, a class of the working citizens, and then a class of citizens that are being taken care of by the government. And that's it. Gone is the lower, middle, and upper classes. Gone are middle, 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 upper, lower, middle, upper, lower. Gone are those classes, the classes that I remember growing up with. Why? Because the small business owners, those those medium People, a lot of times those upper, middle, lower, upper classes, the people that didn't necessarily have millions of dollars or billions of dollars were made up of small business owners or made up of general managers of medium-sized companies. That's who made up that class. However, there are so many jobs out there for individuals to make what would we'd normally call a good income I mean, after all, Blue Oval is starting people out at $21 an hour, but there's just not enough people to fill all the jobs available. So that means the small business owners, people who own retail shops, restaurants, the independent operators are forced to compete with $21 an hour because they're not just competing with employers within their market. They're now competing with all employers competing for the same labor market. And these small mom and pop shops do not have an economy of scale that they can keep up and they end up going under. You see it. Look around in your community. Pay attention to the news stories. You're seeing these independently owned stores and restaurants going under left and right. While the businesses that are large multinational chains who have an economy of scale are becoming the rule and are pushing and taking over those positions. Because quite frankly, they're able to offer their goods and services for cheaper because they're at scale already. You see, the small mom and pop business that maybe owns a few places are trying to pay their mortgage and their their or their rents, their cars, their pay for their kids to go to school, all off just those two locations. The large multinational corporations they can survive off of just maybe making a dollar a transaction. Because they're seeing such a large scale. But the small mom and pops, a dollar a transaction doesn't even pay the rent. This isn't capitalism causing it. It'd be fine if it was. If it was literally the free market at work, then so be it. But this isn't the free market at work. This is citizens like you and I being forced to, at gunpoint from our government, subsidize large corporations' investments. What happens if Blue Oval goes under, do any of the decision makers, not even just the government ones, but does Ford's decision makers, their board, their CEOs, the people who decided to build that plant that ultimately made the decisions that led to it possibly going under if it does, do they have to pay for those differences out of their own pocket? No, It Blue Oval, Goes bankrupt, it probably doesn't even mess with Ford. It's most likely, I have to imagine, considered its own entire corporation, a subsidiary of the greater corporation who's owned by people. There's so many layers of liability that a blue oval goes under, it goes under. Nobody loses anything other than, of course, the taxpayers. Who gave them the billions of dollars, whether it was from federal or state, to build the facility. I'm not saying Ford's not risking anything. Sure, they're putting in a billion or two. But what are they making in return? I mean, they're literally getting billions of dollars out of the taxpayers' pockets. This is not capitalism. They don't even have to sell this to investors. Think of how many investors, if you're trying to do a startup battery plant that costs billions of dollars, think of how many investors you'd have to get to raise half a billion dollars, 500 million, to get them to put that in board. How many pitches would you have to make? I mean, normally companies don't see that until they go public. Or in Ford's case, they should issue more stock, sell stock to raise that capital if they want to make that investment. But instead, all they have to do Let's go to Amy Bashir and a few other politicians within our Senate and State Senate and State House and convince them that it's a good idea and it's a good idea for them to risk money that isn't even theirs and that way they can run on the accomplishment. We are literally electing these people as this article pointed out. Those numbers, he's going to run on. It's going to help him in re-election. Him stealing money from us will be what helps him win re-election. How do we fix this? Well, first of all, we remove politicians like McConnell, like Bashir, the uniparty types that believe that government creates jobs that government makes investments, that believe it's somehow government's role to do anything else in private business, but get out of the way. That somehow believe, I mean, the, the, the absolute bullheadedness of these politicians, all of them, to pretend that they're so knowledgeable and so smart that they can be the puppeteers on an economy whether it's our Federal Reserve thinking the same thing. That's why when people say, like me, say in the Fed. Because there's a small groups of people that think they're puppeteers that can control the markets and they're not risking their money or their livelihoods, they're risking ours. Meanwhile, they're funding a new monetary class system where there's no more Middle. And as long as we continue to vote off of 30 second ads and the little mailers we get in the mail or the little hangers on the door, dropped off by some person who's probably from three states away, that's just also working a job and has no idea who they're working for and will not be subjected to their policies. These are paid door knockers that come from out of state. Most of the time, they're not often your local volunteers that don't have to live with the policy decisions that they're pushing forward. But as long as we continue to vote off that, things that by the way are paid for by donations that are coming from the same companies that want to continue stealing from our pockets, that are supporting the people who will continue to enrich them. As long as we keep voting from that, we will keep making the same mistakes. It is incumbent upon each voter to start looking at voting records, looking at bills, start demanding answers, go to events where Congress people are, state senators are, state house reps are, and ask them questions and make them squirm. Pay attention to what they say, how they say it, and their body language. That's what it means to be an informed voter. Well, coming up after this, I'm going to go over what I did to upset the left this week. Stay with us. Well, I'll tell you this much. Kentucky is awash with upset leftists. You see, and I covered this here over the last few days. Uh, UK has come out and refuted Andy Bashir and all Democrats on the fact that gender reassignment surgeries are happening. And, you know, I shared their letter on my social media, which, shameless plug, by the way, if you're not following me on Twitter, you can follow me at KY Rider And follow me on Facebook. Just search Andrew Rider, You'll find me. If you're not following me there, please do. Please like and follow and all that other garbage. But anyways, (laughs) and on those sites, I have been sharing the letter and a few hot takes. And naturally, the left has been very upset. When the letter was first shared, we saw a few reactions uh, from people. Uh, Here was one when I first shared it on to my Facebook uh, from a longtime far left commentator, commentator commenter very far left really lacks logic this is one of those commenters that she really thinks i'm assuming it's a she he whatever it really thinks that they are super super logical but are in fact extremely dishonest and illogical um in this case when the letter was posted it said please note Mary Miller said, please note, it's stated, regardless of the reason, it's not proof positive these surgeries were specifically for gender reassignment. Now, of course, the letter in question was pretty straightforward and clear uh, on what it meant. It was for gender reassignment. In fact, UK confirmed the letter's real, and they are doing it for gender reassignment. Now, I will give Mary Miller credit that she keeps up her dumb comments like this, doesn't delete them, even when she's been proven to be way off the mark. And a part of it is because the intellectual dishonesty is... So grand. I mean, after all, you know, speaking of another person reacting to the letter. Now, this wasn't on one of my posts, but this was on a, a post that Austin Horn had made who wrote that her leader article about it when the first articles wrote about it. This was a comment on his post. It said, this is only done on, this is about the gender reassignment surgeries. This is only done on children born with both body parts, male and female. This is very hard on the family of these children. Please stop telling lies, again on children born with both body parts, male and female. Frankly, that's not the case. That's just untrue. That person made it up. University of Kentucky didn't say that. Nobody said that. They made it up. So first, they get hit with denial. And then next came anger. And the anger from them came in the f- an interesting format, it came in two forms. One was, is saying, you know what? We're mad at UK for even saying this. In fact, you could go, if you search right now, you can see headline after headline saying letter complicates things. Uh, you know, why wasn't this? And, and read the articles about these letters. You'll see commentators saying. And I, and I read some of them to you yesterday, some of the transgender activists around the state upset that they didn't know about the letter, upset that the letter exists, upset that UK didn't tell them. And some of them were upset at the Republicans for holding it back, despite the fact that it was quoted, quoted on the floor of the Senate by Senator Lindsey Tishner, despite the fact that as uh, early as June 30th, which, by the way, it's August 11th, so it was a month, 10, month and 10 days ago, the letter was first being shared on Twitter, on social media. But of course, Bashir didn't ask those people. He didn't talk to the legislature. He didn't ask the medical experts, <laughs> as you're supposed to know. He reached out to the fairness campaign, which assured him it wasn't happening. And that's what they're upset about. But what's so funny is as I read these articles about Republicans pouncing and how the Democrats are upset about the timing of the letter and so on and so forth, what I don't hear from these Democrats who said they're against these surgeries, they're awful, nobody would ever be for them, is that, well, anger at UK for even doing the surgeries. No, instead, they're angry at UK for releasing the letter. I'm angry at UK for doing the surgeries. In fact, if Any Bashir was really against the surgeries, he would be talking about looking at UK's practices, possibly malpractice suits, because supposedly this is not bad, good medicine. This is bad medicine. Nobody would ever be for this, right? But anger didn't just take that form. Of course, they're angry at the messengers. Uh, take a look at this comment here. Not dealing with the substance of the tweets at hand, uh, not dealing with any of it at all, but instead uh, dealing with um, just being upset that we would at all talk about it. They post this meme. Elections stolen, immigration, immigrant invasion, CRT taking over, Democrats destroying your America. You may be suffering from delusional Republican syndrome. See, it's just not happening. They're angry at you for pointing these things out. Why are you obsessing over these children like this? Well, maybe it's because when I hear that people are, you know, disfiguring children and mutilating them, it makes me angry. Maybe because I'm a freaking human being. That when I see children being victimized, I'm highly upset about it. of course, here's another response from another far left crazy person. So I wonder if Andrew remembers a time before his politics became so much about hating trans people and trans kids. What about hating immigrants and gay people and teachers and single moms and Muslims? Andrew, please save some of your conservative hate for them. Two, make your family proud. Well, first off, let me be very clear. I don't hate trans kids. Hate's a pretty strong word. But I think any parent that has messed up their job of parenting so badly that they have arrived at a point where so-called mental health treatment, the best case here is to chop off their healthy tissue so they don't commit suicide, has failed as a parent. They're horrible at their job at that point. I don't hate trans kids. I feel awful for them. I hate the fact that their mental health issues have not been properly treated. I don't hate trans kids. I look at their parents as weak, small-minded individuals who've decided to get their acceptance and love and specialness by treating their child like an accessory, by raising their children with this idea that they can somehow just change genders. If your seven-year-old comes to you, and Neo said this recently, and of course he's being canceled, but if your seven-year-old comes to you and says, I think I'm a girl, ask them what a girl is. Like, you need to define it. They don't know because they're seven, but you, because you're a bad parent, will continue to buy into that lie. I don't like you. Feel horrible for your kids, so. As far as the rest of the hate, don't hate immigrants. I hate an open border. I don't hate Muslims at all. I hate terrorism, no matter who's doing it. And it's racist of you to assume that if terrorism is being done as being done by Muslims. I just hate terrorism of any kind. In fact, if you rewind to a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago, I defended a Muslim woman's religious rights when they're violated by the Lexington Detention Center. But of course, that's what they have. They can't actually deal with the problem in front of them because, well, frankly, they're on the losing side of this issue and they know it. Instead, they have to name call and get angry and upset. Not upset at UK for doing the surgeries, upset for not telling them. Not upset and arguing with us on our points that these surgeries are wrong, but instead trying to attack us as individuals instead of trying to attack our ideas. And finally, they moved on to their new narrative of acceptance. Take a look at this response to when Austin Horn uh, tweeted out his article. They said there is a huge difference between a child and an older adolescent. This is from, I guess, it's Margie the bad typist. They said there is a huge difference between a child and an older adolescent. There is also a huge difference between breast removal and gender reassignment. There is a reason. There are two different words. No one is doing gender reassignment surgery on children under 13. So let's talk about this, okay? Remember, at first it was, these surgeries aren't happening on minors. And now we're being told that, well, no, 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 no. There's a big difference between children and older adolescents. And if you paid attention to yesterday, I said, well, it appears UK is doing surgeries on young as 15. And in this person's own tweet, they decide that children is now not under 18, but is now under 13. So nobody's doing surgery on children has moved from under 18 to 13 because, well, that's their new narrative as they push that envelope farther and farther. And then this completely moronic individual comes out with their next statement. There's a huge difference between breast removal and gender reassignment. Is there though? What is that difference? I said this, I think in my podcast is few this week. Please slowly explain to me what the difference is. You're doing surgeries on minors because they believe they're a different gender. Yeah. So what's the difference where the surgery is located? It's like saying there's a difference between chopping an arm off and chopping a leg off. No, you're, you're chopping. If both are healthy, they're the same thing. There is not a huge difference. The reason why there's two different words is because, well, in medicine, you typically have two different words for surgeries that take place in different places. If you're having joint surgery on your knee and joint surgery on your elbow, the surgery called two different things, but it's still a surgery to fix a joint. And then they give us the piece of resistance. No one is doing gender reassignment surgeries on children under 13. And there it is. The goalpost is officially moved from it being children under 18 to now under 13. Interesting. Almost as if they were never against doing surgeries on minors to begin with. <laughs> Well, that's what we have time for on the Andrew Cooper Rider Show. Thank you all for joining us this week. And we'll have a new episode on Monday, 1 o'clock. Remember, tell your friends, tell your family members, get the word out, share the show. Y'all have a great rest of your day.